Coming up today on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, we provide an update about what's going on in the NBA, as well as what's going on with the Charlotte Hornets amidst the coronavirus outbreak. We also take a look at Rod Boone's article grading each individual player for the Charlotte Hornets this season. And then- I don't know what the virtual number would be. 555, get them Hornets tickets. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. Thanks for listening to another edition of Locked On Hornets. We will continue to pump out content for you, even in the times of the coronavirus. Really had a fun time with Doug and David watching the old Boston Celtics Charlotte Hornets series, the final game that we saw Alonzo Mourning hit that game-winning shot. Almost, I didn't realize that the Hornets almost bleeped it away. And so we saw the Hornets actually be able to win that one. Um, despite some poor defense on an inbounds pass, shocker that the Hornets may have experienced some inbound problem once again, except this time it was on. It's defense. in their, it's in their DNA Walker. It's, it's in the Hornets ancestry.com. You see uh, a bevy of just miss rebound or miss inbounders. Yeah. When they subscribe to 23 and me and they send the results, they send all the tests back. It comes back and says, no, this actually runs in your family. The Hornets have always had that problem, but I, I did have a good time seeing all of the different stuff there, uh, watching that game. I think we're going to do that at the end of this week. Uh, I think we're going to watch a game from this season though, Doug, correct? That's what you have in store for us. Yeah. I'd like to go back and just watch one of the exciting games from this season. Now that league pass is available to all of us. So I haven't exactly decided on which game, you know, uh, we didn't, we end the last week talking about, no, I guess it was on Thursday. We talked about which games you should go back and watch on league pass. So I'll certainly select from one of those games and we have enough exciting games this year that I have plenty of choices available to me. I feel like the Pacers game is yours. You always bring that one up because not a lot of people remember that early Pacers win. I think that's your baby. That's the one that you always have liked more than the other wins that we may have had this year. So I'm expecting a Pacers victory, especially the one where you uh, call out Nate McMillan, more like Nate McVillan. That's the one that you want to call out and, uh, and, and watch. Um, maybe Friday. Also, I'm excited for tomorrow's show. Rick Bennell going to join us, a part of the Hidden Hornets history. We get to find out what really happened between Alonzo Mourning and the Charlotte Hornets, him parting ways. That should be a lot of fun. Um, excited to learn about that tomorrow. Just wanted to update everyone real quickly on what's going on with the NBA and what's going on with the Charlotte Hornets. So the Hornets cannot practice together. They can't go to gyms. And so a big question is exactly how are these athletes supposed to stay fit? And I heard Cody Zeller join the Dan Levitard show last week. He discussed how he and one other person were allowed to work out at the team facility. It would only be at most two people that were allowed to work out. They had to stay at least six feet away from each other, which is something I think we're all familiar with at this point. And after each set, they would wipe down the equipment because they were so paranoid and maybe paranoid is the wrong word, deservedly. So it was smart that they're doing this, but they were extremely sanitary in the way that they were taking care of everything. Even, even if it was just two people in the gym or the workout facility, that's no longer allowed. And I also heard Dan Levitard ask Stan Van Gundy, if we were going to have a lot of dudes come back a little pudgy because of this, if we were going to have a lot of players come back in awful shape and Stan said, yeah, you know, I, I have to imagine that a lot of these guys are going to come back in the worst shape they've been in in years. Right. I mean, it's a, it's such a unique situation because normally 
NBA players are able to prepare for the next season. You know, maybe they take some vacation for a few weeks and then they do their private workouts and then they rejoin the team to do the public, you know, workouts or the joint workouts. And that's just not the case here. I mean, everything like like everything in our society, this has come to a sudden and complete halt. Now, I'm sure players uh, that are really focused and really determined are finding ways to keep fit. But I, I just, I mean, keeping fit like, and, and, and keeping NBA fit have to be, I just have to imagine that those yeah. are two different things and you need certain specialized tools to get into game shape. But now, let, let me say this. If everyone is in the same situation, at least there won't be disadvantages for certain teams or certain players unless there are those certain players are skirting the rules somehow. Uh, but everybody's going to be in the same position theoretically when, when we get back. It's just, you know, what does that basketball look like? I want to play the game of who's going to come back the most pudgy, who gained the most weight during the suspension. I think Joel Embiid would be in the running for that, drinking all of the Chick-fil-A milkshakes. I imagine James Harden might be somewhat in the running for that. That's who I'm interested in watching. Some of the guys that come back maybe a little bit more pudgy than other ones. Some other updates that we have for you. Woj interviewed former head of the ACA for Obama, Andy Slavitt, who believes the deadlines given by the NBA may be providing false hope. And it just seems like any kind of positive report that we get, Doug, it's it, as far as an early date, maybe with either the coronavirus ending or whether we can we can go out into the world again, whether a certain league would start. It just seems like everything get, it continues to get pushed back and continues to get pushed back. And so I understand this report from Slavit or just at least this hypothesis because, Doug, I mean, at least to me, this it does seem like everything continues to get pushed back more and more. No, and I th- and honestly, I think it is false hope. Uh, I think yeah. that the NBA is trying to put on a good face, but ultimately, um, I I don't in my gut. I don't have any kind of insider information or anything like that. But in my gut, I don't see. I certainly don't see fans being able to watch a game this season, including playoffs, from an arena. Now, I can't either. So I can't. I can't envision yeah. that this season. And and also, my gut is telling me that I'm not sure that they're even going to be able to play a game or finish this season. I mean, I'm really leaning towards this may be a lost season for the NBA. And now we're just looking towards the NFL to see if they'll begin on time. I mean, it's unfortunate, but that's just that's what I feel at this moment in time. Yeah, Brian Windhorse had a soundbite circulating on ESPN last week. He thinks that the NBA is hell-bent on making sure the playoffs are played. Whether that does eat into a little bit of the next season, Brian Windhorse, that was his guess. And he said he hadn't heard any reports from anybody that makes this decision in the NBA, but that was his guess. And so, you know, that would be one thing that maybe leads me to believe the playoffs will be played, but I can't imagine a regular season game is going to be played uh, any other regular season game in the 1920 season. The NBA also has not committed to paying its players past April 15th yet. That has a clause in the CBA that, uh, that account for catastrophic events such as pandemics and epidemics. So the NBA hasn't committed to paying its players yet. So we'll see if that actually is something that happens. Well, and, and I would say, obviously, I don't want anyone in this country to lose their paycheck. I think that would be an awful thing. But a lot of people are experiencing that right now. And I'll say this, the NBA got a little blowback from the fact that all of these players were getting tested for coronavirus 
while the rest of the country uh, was having this uh, very similar experience um, of trying to get a test and not being able to get a test, being denied a test. Meanwhile, we're getting story after story of, of entire NBA teams getting tested. Now, a lot of that has to do with the fact that those NBA teams were going through private laboratories while the rest of the <laughs> the citizens of the United States were going through public means to get that testing. So there's a whole conversation there, but they did get blowback. And so I just wonder... Yeah, if, if these guys are still getting these huge paychecks while they're not playing basketball, meanwhile, every you know, a lot of job losses, a lot of paycheck losses, would that be obscene? And I think there has to be some consideration of the of the optics of that. Yeah, and just to give you a report, I'm just going based off Joe Bruno, who's done an excellent job covering really a lot of stuff here in Charlotte over the last couple of years. But he's been on this story as far as how the coronavirus affects Mecklenburg County. And Joe Bruno, after the press conference today, I think with By Lyles as well as another membership of the community or member of the community, he uh, tweeted out. There have been one in eight cases in Mecklenburg County that are requiring hospitalization. Uh, COVID-19 is making some seriously ill within the county. One third of the cases are due to community spread. Uh, the ball is in the state's court regarding further restrictions. This is verbatim what Joe Bruno is tweeting out. Uh, the ball is in the state's court regarding further restrictions. And also his last point is leaders view residents as not taking this seriously. Those were some of the notes that he took from this press conference that just took place uh, earlier today. Doug, with all that being said, right, a lot of negative in the world right now. How are you doing quarantining? Are you holding up okay with Hugo and producer Katie? How's everything going in Nashville for you? Oh, well, yeah, everything. Nashville is very similar, I think, to Charlotte in that a lot has been shut down. A lot of restaurants now are takeout or actually all of the restaurants now, I think, have been takeout and delivery only for a few days now. Um, you know, Nashville is a tourist destination and a party city and the party's over. Uh, there's nothing going on down in Broadway. Uh, so we are uh, like a lot of cities in the country right now, just sort of asleep. Um, and I'm doing fine. I mean, I, I you know, I sort of I'm kind of a homebody anyway, so I'm a little bit in my natural element. I'm I'm fortunate in that way. So I yeah I, I'm I'm watching I'm catching up on Brockmire. Uh, I didn't I watched the first season, but I didn't watch the last couple of seasons. So I'm catching up on that. I'm reading. I'm learning piano. I'm just using this opportunity to kind of yeah just enrich myself as much as possible before we eventually snap back into our routines. That's good that you're enriching yourself. I'm not doing that. I was pretty worthless <laughs> this weekend. I was one that no, I do too. like I do like to go out during the weekend. During the week, my life does not change all that much. You're as young. soon as I get as soon as I get done with the show in the morning, I go straight to the apartment and during the week I see like three, four, five people. That's about it. During the weekend, that's not necessarily the case. This was my first true not one soul scene weekend. And uh, that was not the case the prior weekend. I didn't go out. I did see a couple of friends. And then it's like, okay, we need to take this so seriously where really you don't need to see anybody. And I did this weekend. I, I rewatched Scrubs quite a bit. I'm going to continue to do that. I am willing to say that Scrubs is the most underrated sitcom of all time. That's just what I'm going to throw out there to you the most underrated number one. I also have been catching up again, not catching up, but I'm rewatching Hey Arnold, living in my nostalgic mode as a kid, the best cartoon in my opinion of all time. Those are the shows that I've been watching. Scrubs, I think, had one of the best first seasons of any... I'm not even going to like denigrate it by saying of any comedy. I really think the first season of Scrubs might be one of the best first seasons of any television show. 
It's so good. I saw everybody's putting out their brackets. I did see a scrubs bracket of pitting again, the, the best episodes against each other. It's amazing how many episodes were in season one on that bracket. It, they're so good. There are so many great ones. I'll tell you why I think scrubs does get underrated because it was in this weird zone of television history that was like after must see TV. So it was post must see TV when, when NBC really had it going and, and you couldn't, you couldn't, you could not put a winner on NBC, right? Must see TV Thursday. Right. So it came after that, but before this golden age of television where I think we overrate some shows because there are so many great shows that I think some good shows are considered great that maybe are not great. And so Scrubs was in this weird middle ground pre-golden age of television, post-must-see TV, and I think that's why we, we overrate it. Anyway, go Hornets. Yeah, <laughs> we'll continue to talk about them. Not even continue. Don't even know why I said that. We will get to talking about the Charlotte Hornets as well as Rod Boone's article that he just released on The Athletic. Really a final report card. If the regular season is indeed over, which we don't know for sure, it doesn't look promising now, but if it is indeed over, this would be the final report card. And Rod Boone has a couple of interesting grades. One shocker, one face-melting take as far as a grade goes for an individual player. We'll talk about that next on Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. Have you fallen out of love with uh, Lonnie Walker yet, or are you still in love with him? I think there's still a chance. Yeah, I think I there's know, still a too. chance. Yeah. I think he's uh, playing pretty well right now. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Doug, is your face okay, or did it melt off when you were reading some of the grades that Rod Boone gave these individual players on the Hornets roster? I love Rod Boone, man. He is coming with the heat. He says, okay, folks, <laughs> more people are going to be reading The Athletic. It's free for 90 days if you sign up, uh, and so I got to bring the heat. I'm, I got to go with my fastball here, and he comes out with these grades, and he is... I'm glad that Rod Boone was not my professor in college because he's not grading on a curve, people. Yeah, he's really not. If you were there, there's no middle ground for a lot of these guys, I think is what I took away from these grades. You either were really bad in a way that I didn't expect that kind of grade to reflect what he thought of an individual player. And also there were some really good grades on here. So let's get to it. The first one that's interesting to me is Dwayne Bacon. Doug, he gets a D here. And I think that actually is some, I actually don't have that big of a problem with this. My question to you is, could you have flirted with an F for Dwayne Bacon this season? Just with all of the expectations coming into the year, you talk about a 180 and how we think about Dwayne Bacon. I'm not saying we thought he was going to be a star, but Brego goes to the luncheon, right? That's what we all go back to. The head coach said that he's going to be a big part this season. I, I thought that this was going to be a candidate to maybe lead the team in scoring. I thought that was a shot of, I thought that had a shot of happening in, Man, the guy is in the G League once again. He gets a D. I think that's a fine grade. I even think you could go even lower if you wanted to. I mean, I think you could go to G for G League, just <laughs> below an F. I mean, the expectations, I think, were high for Dwayne Bacon because of all of the praise. You got to go back to Steve Clifford and all the praise that he was lapping on Dwayne Bacon and saying, you know, this guy could be a starter in this league. He has the body. He has the game. He could be a starter in this league. And that got us all excited. And maybe maybe looking back on it, there was just a little bit of passive aggressiveness towards the other rookie on the squad at the time, you know, Malik Monk. <laughs> but uh, I like D. D stands for DNP, which Dwayne Bacon racked up a lot of after starting. And then D could also stand for downgraded to the bench because that's what happened when Dwayne Bacon could not 
uh, make a shot. And, and he was taking a lot of them early on. You have to remember that. It's not as if Dwayne Bacon had all of these expectations and then faded into the background and, and seeded shots and seeded offensive role to uh, Devontae Graham and P.J. Washington. We talk a lot about P.J. Washington's effect on Miles Bridges, and that's what we talk about. Miles Bridges fading a little bit into the background when P.J.'s on the floor. That didn't happen with Dwayne Bacon early on. He was aggressive and simply couldn't put the ball in the basket, and it's, it's disappointing because, you know, you, you thought that Dwayne Bacon could be a force. Devontae Graham got an A from Rod, Doug, and if we're going to judge Dwayne Bacon and what kind of grade we give him based off the expectations coming into the season – if you were to do that with Devonte, nobody thought this was coming from Devonte. So I think an A is okay. Um, I think I would go a little bit lower. That there was just a large stretch of basketball from Devonte Graham that was not good, and to the point where there was even some basketball that actively hurt the team with him. Now I feel a lot better about Devonte Graham than I think you did last year. But you're talking about if you were to split this, right? We always go to that Nets game. The Nets game after that 40 point performance. It was really bad. Before that, it was really good. I think he was legitimately thrown into the Eastern Conference Reserve uh, All-Star Game conversation. I thought that was legitimate. The second half was not. I don't know if... the Because he had over 20 games of really bad basketball, I don't know if I can give him an A. But as far as the expectations go, I'm absolutely cool with saying that Devontae Graham can be the starting point guard for this team in the future. Well, and it's all about what are you grading him relative to, right? Because if you're grading Devontae Graham relative to the rest of the elite point guards in this league, then certainly he's not an A because you did, even before we saw the drop off, the percentages were not good. I mean, he was doing a lot of his damage on volume and on narrative because he was the two point was awful. The three point was good, but you're right. I mean, the two point, that was always the biggest question, even when he was playing. Yeah. yeah. His overall field goal percentage was under 40. And when people were starting like Matt Moore, uh, hardwood paroxysm on Twitter was starting to whisper his name for all-star consideration for all-star reserve consideration. You just had people come out of the woodwork and say, wait a minute, you cannot puts a a guard in a in a guard heavy league into the all-star game that doesn't have a percentage over 40 percent from the field and you're right a lot of that obviously had to do with his two-point percentage which he has since you know going into this um extended hiatus he had started to give you a little bit of hope that he could figure that out in the offseason and come back strong um next season but uh, so if you're but if you're grading him relative to his expectations, then A is the right grade. If you're grading him relative to the team, here's where it gets interesting, because we have we go two spots down to Terry Rozier, who gets a B plus. And, and I think there's an argument to be made that Rozier has been the better all around guard for this team this season. And so I don't understand the B plus for Terry Rozier and the A for Devontae Grant. You mentioned the B plus for Terry Rozier. I, I think. I, I like that grade fine. I, I, you know, I might even go B a little bit. I like Terry Rozier. Wow. I, I think he's been good. Yeah. I mean, I go, you know, one doc. Yeah. You know, I just dock him one point in this grading scale, but I think, you know, I mean, Liz, look, uh, that matters. Okay. He's trying to make, he's trying to make honor roll, dude. And you're, you're <laughs> docking. I mean, that that's significant, you know? Yeah. He's not going to make my A honor roll, but he makes the AB honor roll. He'll get the, what was it? Oh God. Was that the blue ribbon or the red ribbon? I think the blue oh, ribbon man. was the big deal, right? And the red yeah, ribbon, I think so. red ribbon, you were sub actual honor roll. Your mom was disappointed. I, I was the red ribbon guy. I always got the red ribbon. So it would make sense that I wouldn't know what the A honor roll ribbon would look like. Th- this one was the crazy one, Doug. We finally get to the other guard. It was Malik Monk. Ron Boone gives Malik Monk a f- straight up F. 
fail. You fail this season. F minus 2019, 2020 was a failure for Malik Monk. This is his comment quote. Just when it appeared as if the light bulb went on inside his head, all that promise he was in the midst of displaying got erased. Thanks to being suspended indefinitely for violating the league's anti-drug program. He's likely ruined any good trade value and is surely going to have to be on his best behavior in 2020, 2021, because he will be playing for a new contract leading into the next off season. I don't give Malik Monk an F. I just think that is way too harsh. I understand that this is an extremely unfortunate ending to Malik Monk's season, especially for me, the way that he fundamentally changed the way that he played. I thought that guy had a shot selection that was much more improved compared to what he had done the first two seasons of his career. I thought he had shown a lot more ability as a playmaker, even if I have believed in his passing ability all along. And especially when he got suspended, what was it? It was like a 15 game stretch where Malik was playing really well. And, and the three point shooting wasn't crazy, but it was like 38%, something like that. I I just thought the way that he changed the way he played, I thought he was playing really well. And Malik Monk, not an F for me. If you want to go like C plus, because there was some bad basketball from him, then fine. But I I think that's where I would arrive. B minus C plus for Malik. I like F. I'm going to do the same thing that I did uh, with Dwayne Bacon. F stands for follow through. You know, when you start to find some success, actually follow through with it and, and finish F can stand for finish the season strong instead. Oh, this is the take again. You might not even finish in the playoffs take. Well, I mean, do it all through the season. That's, you know, for for F sake. I mean, that's what F really stands for. For F sake, Malik, like (laughs) when are you going to understand? I think it's clear though, we can kind of go down through these grades. It's clear that uh, narrative, that storyline played a big factor in some of these grades for, and, and less, I think the actual statistics, because he gives, he gives Nick Batum an F because he basically didn't do anything even when he was a factor for this team uh, early in the season when they were playing veterans. Miles Bridges gets a B minus, which I think if you look at the statistics, you would not give Miles Bridges a B minus, but he mentions winning the MVP of the Rising Stars Challenge during All-Star Weekend in in Chicago. So uh, Cody Martin gets a B minus, PJ Washington B, um, bo- both Zeller and Biombo get B minuses. And I think... I would give Biombo and Zeller A's for just, you know, giving awesome, a awesome effort when <laughs> you're not even like your role is so weird on the team. Um, amorphous. That's what your role has been. Amorphous. So I would give them A's. Um, I would be a terrible teacher, by the way. I would just look for, <laughs> I would only yeah, give you grades based on the words. Scale? Yeah. The grade is not based on a number. The grade is actually based on how I feel about you. <laughs> That's all it is. You gave Biz an A. And right. So if I feel like, if I feel bad about you, I would give you an F. And if I felt good about you, then I would give you a G. <laughs> I think then you're going off of the scale. You're not even giving real grades at this point. You're just I'm you're a, it's a music. Where, see, I'm learning piano. It's a music scale. A B D mm-hmm. A B C D E F G A. I think the only other one I want to talk about was a little bit of Miles Bridges. Like we know PJ Washington is good. We, we like PJ Washington here. Uh, Miles Bridges has, he had that stretch in the middle of the season. That was good. You look at the last six games, Doug, how about this for you? I, 29%, 29% from the field, Ooh. 18% from three in the last six games. And he was shooting 12 times a game and only making three and a half field goals. I, that was just a God awful way to end the season. And so we talk about 
the way this season ended, who was it most detrimental to? You just talk about a bad taste in your mouth afterwards. Like at least Smiles had a little bit of that stretch before this bad one, right? This bad six games. But, but man, I mean, three and a half field goals made per 12 that he took per game, the last six contests. Just an awful, awful ending to the season for him. I, I don't know. I, I think I'm going to give him an A for awfully Twice. disappointing. <laughs> misleading grade there from old Doug Branson. I'm excited to see what kind of grades you give to some of these guys that are performing in the alternate universe, Doug. If we were to give a report card to some of these performances from what James Borrego was doing, they're going for it. It's the alternate universe for the Charlotte Hornets via Doug's Nintendo Switch next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. Then I clicked on M. Thomas. I'm like, who in the hell is M. Thomas? Matt Thomas is his oh, name. Oh, NBA legend, Matty Thomas. <laughs> he, he, Matt he Thomas. Didn't play at all. I'm pretty sure Matt Thomas <laughs> served me at an Applebee's the other day. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. So we have been doing this thing where we go to the alternate universe via Doug's Nintendo Switch. He sims the games. You put in the info, right? But you allow the computer to take care of everything for the Charlotte Hornets. There is no playing on your end. It's simply all up to the computer. And the computer decides exactly who's going to play via Sim James Borrego. And he's going crazy right now. Why don't you update us on what you've seen the last couple of games that have been played or so? Listen, virtual James Borrego flaunted uh, his power in my face, right in my face, because I told him what I wanted the rotations to be. And I tried to get him to do the rotations that we saw as we went into this extended hiatus. And virtual James Borrego, he counted some zeros and ones and told me to go F myself. And he does his <laughs> rotations like he wants to do his rotations. And uh, when last we left you, the Hornets were on a four-game winning streak, and they were, st- but they were still five games out of uh, the eighth and final playoff spot uh, held by Orlando at present. Well, since then, on on Thursday, they played the Philadelphia 76ers. They won that game 121 to 113 to extend their win streak to five games. And then they would go on to play the Los Angeles Lakers on Saturday. They lost that game, but it was a close game, folks. It looks like the Los Angeles Lakers led by who else? LeBron James, Anthony Davis. They had huge games. And the fourth quarter, they outscored the Hornets 34-28 to to win by four points. They only lost to the Los Angeles Lakers by four points. So the five-game winning streak is over. But get this, Walker. The Hornets mm-hmm. right now? Only three games out of the playoffs because the Orlando Magic, apparently Steve Clifford collapsing. He not not literally, he's fine. Uh, I mean, maybe a virtual virtual Steve Clifford, I don't know. But Wow, how about that road? I did not expect to take that turn. I'm just saying he's fine. I'm like, I okay. just want to just make sure everyone understands that I'm talking I, about I don't the think, virtual I don't world. Think I, was, I don't think I was questioning whether Steve Clifford literally collapsed or not. Just trying to, to listen, it's a tense time right now. I'm just trying to be yeah, careful really with was. the information that I put on the airwaves. Anyhow, the Orlando Magic are not doing well, and the Hornets now sit three games out of the playoffs, and it's all thanks to virtual Malik Monk. Virtual Malik Monk is 
is not the Malik Monk that you remember in the real world. Virtual Malik Monk is well, maybe me, but yeah, maybe not you. Right? No, I think that's it, man. I think you hacked my switch. I really do. I think you got somehow found a way to patch into my network and hack my switch and jack up all of Malik Monk's statistics because or his rate. I just wanted to make it more realistic. That's what I wanted to do. Oh my God, he's starting. We already told you that Malik Monk is starting for this team right now. And he's averaging a ton of minutes and he had huge games against the 76ers and the Lakers. He led the team in scoring in both of those games, despite the loss to Los Angeles. Yeah, that's insane. How about the bench play, Doug? So the things that were crazy about this alternate universe were the fact that Billy Hernan Gomez was getting buckets off of the bench. Nick Batum was providing some real production for you. So have those two guys still been killing it when they've been thrown into the game? Well, so right now, the Hornets bench unit over the last five games leads the league in points per game. So (laughs) 51.2 points off the bench. It's not Nick Batum because Nick Batum is actually starting at the small forward position. It's Devontae Graham, it's Malik Monk, Nick Batum, P.J. Washington, and then at the center position, it is, I'll double check on who's starting at center at this, I think it's Cody Zeller. Well, who who can tell and who cares at this point? I mean, this doesn't seem like the lineup you should throw out there in real life, but if James Borrego is going to get to the postseason with this, then we can't question virtual James Borrego. No, I'm just telling you what's happening in in virtual and the Hornets alternate universe, and they are winning ball games right now, and it's thanks to bench production from Billy Hernan Gomez, from Terry Rozier, who is now the team's sixth man. I think think (laughs) there's a bias in 2K. They just really didn't believe that, that Terry Rozier was ready to start. And so Mm -hmm. virtual James Borrego said, hey, we're going to jerk the wheel here. We're going to go for the playoffs. They are three games out right now. And um, everything's on fire in the virtual universe as well. The Nuggets have lost seven straight. Uh, The Celtics have won eight in a row. I'm just looking at like the social media, the threads that they have here. (laughs) Six wins in a row for the Trailblazers. Oh, yeah. De'Aaron Fox is set to come back. Hayward scored 29 points against the Wizards. Hashtag nail biter (laughs) Uh, that was the fifth win in a row for the los angeles lakers and they tweeted about it on march 22nd they said hashtag clowning fools oh wow okay uh so there you go those are talking trash okay yeah they're talking trash and and i think at this point you know we shouldn't be talking about the lottery for the charlotte hornets because they are they're on there 12 games to go by the way they play the trailblazers tomorrow so we'll have an update for you on wednesday Oh, uh, uh, team, for, both teams are, have been on fire. It's a hot matchup that, that makes, that should make Wednesday night basketball. You'll move that one just a day later. It really is right now. The Hornets stand at 27 and 43 again, 12 games to go three games out of the playoffs. Folks, get your tickets now. 1-800 Hornets tickets. I don't know. I don't know what the number is. <laughs> I, I like the, I don't know what the that virtual number would be five, five, yeah. five. Get them Hornets tickets. That, that wraps up this edition of Locked On Hornets. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA. Make sure you have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.